I know you have heard this before. Work smarter, not harder. Ford has heard it too. That's why the Ford F-150 truck helps you get the job done in the smartest way possible. I mean, the pro-access tailgate alone is a game changer. It improves access to the bed and cargo, which makes it easier to load in tight spaces. See? Smarter. It's also got a mobile power source and pro power on board, so you can power up to 7.2 kilowatts outside your F-150 truck. That is definitely working smarter. And imagine what you can do with that power at your next tailgate party. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. All right, it's Chris Jericho here, and it's HBK Week on Talk is Jericho. Yeah, that's right. Highly requested once again. Seems like every week I get a highly requested guest on this show, but this one for sure, one of the biggest requested guests I've ever had from a lot of people out there on the Twitter. HBK Sean Michaels is here, the Heartbreak Kid. Part one today, part two on Friday. We're talking about everything involving our classic 2008 angle. Not only the greatest angle I was ever in, but in my opinion, one of the greatest angles in WWE history. Uh, and that's backed up by many, many officials in the biz. We're going to also be talking about the Montreal screw job, the, uh, the angle where I punched Sean's wife, Rebecca, and uh, actually was real. And we'll talk all about that. We'll talk Sean's relationship with Vince McMahon. Daniel Bryan, the amazing Pat Patterson, and the evolution of the HBK character. We've been friends for a long time, rivals for a long time. I actually drove to his ranch in the middle of Texas. I had a hard time finding it. It's not on the GPS, but I did find it. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. He's a world champion wrestler, best-selling author, actor, and lead singer of Fozzie. Now, now he's rocking the podcast world. Marvelous. This is this. Is Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho. Starring Chris Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. The pot of thunder and rock and roll. The people's podcast has arrived. The remedy for boredom is here. Let's go for a ride. Franken chicken. He's a bad mother clucker. Franken chicken. Bark, bark. Franken chicken. He's a bad mother clucker. Franken chicken. Bark, bark. Franken chicken. He's a bad mother clucker. Franken chicken. Bark, bark, Franken chicken is a bad mother clucker. Franken chicken, bark, bark. All right, don't forget the evil of the Franken chicken uh, ruling across the land. I bet you even Zach Bagans uh, would be uh, scared of the Franken chicken. And I have to do a little editor's note. Apparently, I was pronouncing his name wrong. It's not Zach Baggins like Bilbo Baggins. It's Zach Bagans. So for everybody who's busting me on the pronunciation, A, I'm from Canada, so I can pronounce anything the way I want. Again, that's, 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 it's not again. It's again. No, no, no. It's again because that's how we say it. So Zach Bagans, not Baggins. I get it. I learned 
learned my lesson and don't haunt me and don't put curses on me. Uh, and if you are going to put a curse on me, I have a, 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 a peace offering. I have one of the greatest guests, the greatest performer in WWE history. HBK is here on Talk is Jericho this whole week on today's show, Friday's show. This conversation is so big, I needed two shows to get it all in. And believe me, we covered everything, some serious ground. The Montreal Screwjob and Brett the Hitman Hart. The Rockers tag team. His amazing matches with The Undertaker. My favorite pro wrestling matches that I've ever seen in my life. And of course, the 2008 angle that he and I did together, which once again is my favorite angle I've ever had in my entire career. Uh, no doubt about it. The way it came together, the way it was nurtured and carried out by Sean and myself, we pretty much wrote the whole thing on a week-by-week basis. We're going to talk all about it. You're going to hear everything behind the scenes about Jericho Michaels coming up. So the big talk is the uh, 2015 Grammy Awards. Always a big spectacle, always uh, controversy in a way, a lot of people talking about it after who was good, who was bad, what happened, what didn't happen. Uh, This year, much more the same. I I think the Grammys has never really been about rock and roll. It's kind of about what's just trendy at the time. And you can see that every year. I mean, uh, I remember, uh, the, I mean, obviously this year, Sam Smith was the big winner. I think Sam has like one song and I hear it all the time on hits one when I'm with my kids and it's uh, stay with me. One record of the year, one song of the year, best new artists. It's like whenever they find somebody new that they um, want to push, they just kind of go over the top in adulation for these guys. Um, I don't really know much about Sam Smith, and I don't know. Will he have the staying power? You know, if you look at last year's uh, record of the year was Get Lucky, Daft Punk. I mean, probably haven't made a new record yet for a while, but I think Daft Punk is pretty much ensconced uh, in their career. They've been around for a long time. Last year's song of the year was Lordy Royals. That was really trendy. I remember everyone was kind of jumping on her tip, you know, the 16-year-old sensation and this, that, and the other thing. is She's singing with Nirvana at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And, you know, there's a lot of trendiness. It's a lot like Hollywood, and, and the Grammys is very much the boys club, girls club, what's trendy, what's hot, what's everyone wearing. I mean, come on, man. It's rock and roll. You should be wearing, you know, a scarf and some ratty jeans and a, and a big top hat and, you know, shades and a leather jacket and a safety pin through your nose. I mean, that's what I want to see who's wearing, not like, oh, and here comes Taylor Swift wearing a Cherche, a Sergio Giorgini uh, gown. It's like, no, 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 no. It's not what it's about. And then last year's new artist was Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Haven't heard anything about them. You know, like I said, I mean, 10 years from now, will we be talking about Macklemore and Sam Smith and Lordy in the same way that we talk about U2 and the Stones and you know McCartney? If you even look back, it's like, who are the big pop songstresses that came out about five years ago? It was the birth of Katy Perry, and it was the birth of Lady Gaga. Now, here we are five years later, let's say, give or take a few years, and Katy Perry is super, super huge, and Gaga's not. She's kind of gone down a bit. Her big thing at the Grammys this year was uh, clinging on to Tony Bennett, like just like some kind of a, you know, like a like a gold digger, like like, like an old old one of them chicks who marries an old guy who hopes that he like dies so she can get all his money. And I like, I know that's not the case, but I mean, Gaga is like she was just super hanging on to him like some kind of slut or something like that in the front row just going nuts when i mean it was pretty cool when it was kicked off by acdc i mean that was awesome you knew that would be great and uh, it's funny because a lot of people were complaining that the tempo of highway to hell was slower and it wasn't it was it was i mean it was just more of a laid-back groove it wasn't like they, they was 
that much slower uh, or anything along those lines. And of course, they played Rock or Bus, which a lot of people are like, I don't even know that song. What's a new song? I mean, that's what you do. You play a new song and an old song. Most important thing for me was I got to see Talk is Jericho alumni and my friend Chris Slade behind the kit with the classic Chris Slade drum kit with the two floor toms uh, kind of jacked up by his ears. And if you saw that, that's something that you would never see at an ACDC gig. That's a Chris Slade uh, classic uh, trademark uh, drum kit. So, I mean, it was, it was cool to see that. And I think that, you know, a lot of people were kind of confused as to what was going on with ACDC. Like, who are these old guys just rocking up here? You know, Angus is running around going nuts. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's rock and roll. You know, that, that's the epitome of rock and roll. And if you saw who was in the front row going nuts for that was Paul McCartney. I mean, Paul knows. I'd like to see that meeting, Angus and Paul, to see like what would they talk about? Did they talk? Did they not talk? Whatever it may be. Um, but it was it was it was great to see that part of it. That's that's the rock and roll element. Now, of course, ACDC's there because it's trendy to like ACDC right now. Like you'd never see Iron Maiden. You might see Metallica or the Foo Fighters or DC. Those are kind of like your corporately branded rock bands that it's like it's okay to put them on the Grammys. But like an Iron Maiden or something like forget it. Like Avenged Sevenfold, you'll never see it. You know, at least now, maybe in a few years you will uh the thing that it brings me to my point of the best metal performance won by tenacious d the last in line now i love tenacious d do not get me wrong and don't send me any hater twitters or tweets or whatever facebooking i love tenacious d i'm a big fan of jack black's vocals i'm a big fan of jack black and i think they do a, a tremendous tremendous job but when you're talking about them winning a grammy okay a grammy now, come on, man. I mean, I know there was Mastodon was in there and, um, you know, Anthrax is there. Stone, uh, Slipknot. I mean, to me, Slipknot should, should win. They're, they're, they're an arena act. They're selling out arenas. They had, they've been away for a few years. That's a legitimate band that should win the best metal performance, okay? Now, Anthrax, another amazing band, nominated for a cover, Neon Knights from the Dio Tribute record. Last in line from the Dio tribute record, Tenacious D wins. So it seems to me that like the Grammy committee and in their infinite wisdom got like three metal albums out of the closet. And so there's a Slipknot, there's a Mastodon, oh there's a there's a Dio tribute. Let's 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 take both of those and just pick a couple random guys. Now of course Jack Black is a Hollywood superstar. He's an A-lister. So the, let's give him the Grammy. It's good credibility for the show. It's a terrible credibility for the best metal performance. And like I said, this is not a cut down on Tenacious D. I love Tenacious Steve, but to see them win the Grammy is just as ludicrous to me to see Motorhead win the Grammy a few years ago. For what? For Enter Sandman, a cover that they did. Motorhead won their only Grammy for a cover of a Metallica song. Okay? Why is that? Because the Grammy committee knows Metallica. They're one of the uh, agreed-upon, uh, cliched metal bands that can be used. The uh, Like we said, ACDC, Foo Fighters, Metallica. So um, Motorhead was up, up for a Grammy this year as well for one of the original songs. We don't want that. We just know that Metallica song, give it to, uh, give it to Motorhead. Now, the funny thing about this whole thing is that years ago, when the first award for metal performance was given out, I believe it was 1989, 88, sometime around there, uh, Metallica was just beginning their huge, huge rise, and they were already super popular. They were up for the Grammy, and the winner that year was Jethro Tull who beat, I believe it was Injustice for All, for their album, which was called Crest of a Knave. And it was ridiculous. It was like Jethro Tull beat Metallica for the Grammy 
for best metal performance in 1989 or 88 or 90, somewhere in there, when Metallica was becoming the behemoth Metallica. So that just kind of showed the ridiculousness of the uh, Grammy committee. And then fast forward one year, Metallica does win the Grammy for a cover of Queen's Stone Cold Crazy. Okay? So it's like... I remember Lars said, we just want to say thank you to Jethro Tull for not releasing an album this year. And that just kind of shows like this is so stupid. Like Metallica is up for the Grammy, the first Grammy for metal. Don't win. Jethro Tull does. And then the Grammy committee has to play catch up. Oh, my God. We look really bad. We got egg on our face. Just nominate Metallica next year. But they, they don't have an album out. Oh, we don't care. Did they release a song? Well, they did this Queen cover. There you go. They win the Grammy. So I mean, it really means nothing. Now, having said that, if, if Fozzie won a Grammy for you know our cover of, of SOS, I'd be up on the front row and I'd be there and I'd be accepting my award and I wouldn't be talking this right now. I'd shut up and take it. But just watching as a, as a metal fan and also as a guy who understands how things work how hollywood works how big business works okay it's better to give it to jack black than to give it to lemmy or give it to these masked guys in slipknot who we don't even know who they are uh but so it's not a credible thing to get it's a really cool ornament that you uh, can use to put in your house it gives you uh, a chance to say i'm a grammy award winner funny story to end this part of the segment a couple of years ago, I hosted the Metal Hammer Awards in London, and Bron Daler, sorry, Bron Daler was there, who's the drummer of Mastodon, and he was wearing a shirt that he had made out of those, remember those 70s shirts that you would get where you would press the letters on? You know, Arnold wore one that said the Duke is numero, or so that said Arnold is numero uno in uh, uh, Pumping Iron. Bron had a shirt that said two-time Grammy Award loser, because they'd been nominated for two Grammys. So now he can say three-time Grammy Award loser. All right. Uh, but like I said, if, if I did get nominated for, for a Grammy and I won one and I was up on the stage accepting it and Kanye West came up to talk his bull, I, I'll tell you one thing. I, I read an amazing tweet from, from Paul Stanley, my friend, uh, alumni of Talk is Jericho, who said, if Kanye West came up on stage while I was accepting a Grammy, I would kick him in the nuts and say, get the f*** off my stage. And that is probably the best uh, line I've ever heard about, especially if you think about the star child, like, you know, Paul Stanley, kind of the ultimate lover, you know, like the the androgynous lover. He's going to kick Kanye West in the balls and deservedly so. You know what I mean? Like if, if he came up, up on stage when I was up there, he'd be going back down those stairs on his back. There's no doubt about it. Actually, Zach Wilde posted another great uh, meme uh, on Instagram that said, uh, I, I pray to God I win a Grammy someday. <laughs> you know? And that's like what – this is what I don't understand, okay? Um, now, Kanye did this a couple of years ago with Taylor Swift. Beyonce should have won, whatever. I don't know if he's high or if he's drunk. He can't possibly be so egotistical as to think he's just allowed to walk on stage whenever he wants. Problem is he probably does feel that way. But that to me, it's not funny. It's not uh, entertaining. It's not rebellious. It's not uh, pushing the envelope. It's plain disrespect, complete disrespect. Now, disrespect amongst your peers is the ultimate sin. Now, I'm not hating on Kanye because he's a rap guy. I'm not a rap guy. I've got ultimate respect for, for rap artists. Trust me, nothing but respect. You know DMC, Talk is Jericho alumni. Nothing but respect for DMC. Nothing but respect for Bone Crusher, who uh, did some tra track with us uh, back on the All That Remains record call. It's a lie. 
Jay-Z, anybody, you know, Beyonce, whoever. And even Kanye, if he would just shut up and keep his mouth shut and not feel that he has to be the center of attention and completely disrespect Beck, completely disrespect Taylor Swift, and basically shit on the entire music business, he does not have that right. Okay, So that's why I have a real issue with Kanye West to where I have no interest in, in anything that he does. And it's not because of his music. He could be a genius. I hope he is. He might be an amazing genius. I know he says he's a genius, which led to another thing that, that Paul posted on Instagram where he had a, a picture of Kanye and a picture of Hendrix next to each other and, and a quote from each. And Kanye was, I'm a creative genius. That's the only way you can say it. I mean, it's obvious. And Hendrix's quote was, I don't like it when people say I'm a genius. I don't think I'm the best at what I do. I don't like compliments. It distracts me from my playing. Right? There you go. That's the difference. That's the yin and yang of rock and roll. And it's the ultimate show of respect to go to an award show or go to a gig or anything like that and sit back and, and watch people do what they do best. And if they get an award, some kind of uh, uh, accolade, you cheer for them whether you like what they do or not. Walking on stage, I don't care if you would have walked on stage for the winner of the best Latin jazz album. And, and much respect to the uh, Arturo Orfero and the Afro-Latin Jazz Orchestra for their amazing Fence of the drum. I wouldn't have cared if you walked on stage for that. You do not walk on stage, whether it's a big star or a small star. That's disrespect. It's disrespecting your peers and it's disrespecting uh, the music that people are making and um, and the amount of effort that they put into it. So Kanye West is now officially on my shit list and gets an official, and it hasn't been one for a while, but he's going to get an official Chris Jericho Raspberry. All right, Kanye, this one's for you. <laughs> And a kick in the nuts from Paul Stanley. Right now, i got to say thanks to all the sponsors of Talk is Jericho, the sexy beasts who let me do this for free for you for twice a week. And thanks to all of you. That's right, you right there, for supporting my great sponsors, including Amazon. Big thanks for doing your online shopping through my Amazon links. It's the easiest way to support the show. You go to podcastone.com. You click on the Keep Our Podcasts Free banner at the top of the page, UAGE. Then you hit the Talk is Jericho button. Remember, every time you use one of my Amazon links, Amazon kicks back a couple buckolas to the show to help us cover production costs. I got links for Amazon USA, Amazon UK, Amazon Canada A. Get all kinds of cool stuff on Amazon. You know you can go buy pretty much anything you want get the new black veil brides uh self-titled album black veil brides 4 featuring andy beersack my buddy who was on last week you get the new uh new uh zach bagan's book i am haunted from uh from ghost adventures telling all of his crazy weird things that go bump in the night stories you might want to check that out and check out zach's show last week here on talk is jericho as well you can also get the new sean michaels book wrestling for my life the legend the reality and the faith of a WWE superstar that is out now. Sean's going to talk about his book on his on, on today's show and on Friday's show. Also, get my new book and my third New York Times bestseller, the best in the world at what I have no idea. So many great things you can get. Get all those things. Get all of the above. Hey, listen. Get anything you want using my Amazon links. No matter what it is, remember it's not going to cost you anything extra. No hidden fees or challenges. So if you happen to be doing some online shopping, you do it through my Amazon links. You help out this show in the process. You go to podcastone.com. 
You click on the Keeper Podcast free band at the top of the page, UAG. Then you hit the Talk is Jericho button, you bookmark it, so you can get to those links in one easy click. All right, I can't believe it already. The Y2J WWE Winter Tour is almost over. Only two weekends left this Saturday in Tampa, Florida on Valentine's Day. Come bring your honey to the show and let me entertain you. It'll be your last chance to see me in the ring for a while. There's only five dates left. Uh, another one is Sunday in Fort Myers, and then, of course, on the 27th in Madison Square Garden, 28th Toronto, and on March 1st in Buffalo, and that's it. And I've had such a great time on this run uh, just doing the live events. So many amazing shows. Uh, St. Louis was a lot of fun, and Houston was great, and had a great time at the last show ever from the WWE in the IZOD Center in New Jersey. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Talk is Jericho. We're here at Shawn Michaels' house. And now I tell you, it's funny because you gave me this... um, the address and to my put- phone ringing <laughs> and it's Keith you do, do the show with left call wow see everyone's tracking <laughs> me down but you live out here in the middle of nowhere Correct. like this is the classic like you talk about Texas like the plains of Texas like the wild west we're in it yeah you know, like, how did you? <laughs> no, that's the thing. Everybody, uh, it's like, it's got to be a gimmick. Like, no, it's, it's, no, it's no gimmick. It, it, I mean, obviously, we, we, I didn't live here the whole time uh, I was wrestling. Once uh, retirement started coming up, I started looking for what I, what I always wanted, which was uh, a ranch. Mm-hmm. A ranch. And ideally, you know, after X amount of years sort of, you know, out, you know, in front of people, I'd like to have a ranch out in the middle of nowhere and, and, uh, just to be away from everything it's the ultimate dichotomy like you said like you performed for years you know in front of thousands and now like there's probably i don't even know if you have neighbors yeah (laughs) (laughs) they are but they're a long way a long way away right and 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 you said uh you know i want to make sure that i'm there to open the gate and i thought maybe you'd have to like you know hit a buzzer or something but you're actually out there you have to take a tractor to the gate yeah. to actually well, manually I mean, open it. So we call it the mule. It's like, you know, take that tractor. It's a UTV. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you go all the way up. Well, the thing is, you can obviously get, you know, electricity up mm-hmm. there and, and, and open the gate manually. The problem is, with that kind of gate, you don't have the security mm-hmm. of the lock, of the padlock. Gotcha. We like, I mean, it, it is, as you can see, it's... It's a very high fence. Yes, and it's barbed wire all and, over. Yeah, and it's yeah, <laughs> and, and obviously it's and it's you know it's it's a chain and it's padlocked. I mean, so you know you can't you can't get in. So, um, yeah, I mean it's again we, it, it is. I mean, if you spend a lot of time, you know, doing each other. We've you know we got two new horses. Uh, I mean, we just we turned them out a little while ago. Um, you know, we've got, uh, two goats now that, are, you know, our daughter's showing in, in 4-H this year and I'm going to be. Oh, she's showing like a, like a, con- like a competition. Like yeah. A yes. Yeah, yeah. County. Yeah. yeah the <laughs> county, county fair. Yeah, the county, uh, 4-H and, uh, and the things we don't want to do state. Apparently, you know, you do, you know, you go up to the state level 
and it's you know what well, and you go to Houston and it's huge money I mean and they got these goats on the gas and stuff <laughs> like that it's crazy <laughs> well, my wife and daughter I mean Rebecca and, and Shug went to goat camp went to this goat camp and they're telling them all the stuff I mean there's there's people like in Houston that pay 80 100 grand for these goats and wow pigs. yes Yes. You know, it's so, funny. It doesn't matter. It's, whatever type of show business it is, there's always the sort of... big money's in there, yeah. something... It's right. You go <laughs> to, to performance-enhancing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like, you know, like pumpkin right. growing contest or something. Exactly. Like those giant pumpkins right. got to exactly. be filled full of something, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, we're just doing a county level. But yeah, we've, you know, we're, you know, we've been out here for probably four years and I've slowly been... You know, my first year, I wanted to learn how to, you know, it's mostly wildlife, you know, mm. taking care of the deer and stuff like that. And, you know, I'll plant some, you know, food plots. And, I, you know, I've done, you know, wheat and stuff like that. This year, I'm going to talk to a guy about uh, possibly running some cattle. And uh, and also, you know, so, you know, technically, it would be, you know, the same as sharecropping, so to speak, have them come mm. out. Because I don't have the time to farm everything. Right. But we've got, you know, a couple hundred acres of, of pastures that can... Is that what it is, a couple hundred acres? Well, the, the, all together, it's 500. Wow. But uh, we've got, you know, 200, I think, you know, in, in, basically in, in pasture that could be... That you can use to farm. Correct. Yeah. Okay. You know, so, I mean, I'm going to talk to Grab, you know, about that. So, just trying to learn. It's, you know what? I mean, it's, you know, all the interests, the different interests you have. You and I have talked about this over the years. You know, obviously mine are uh, obviously more country bumpkinish than yours, <laughs> but we we we've always had other interests yes. outside of the outside of wrestling, and and this to me was one of them. I wanted. I mean, obviously it's simpler, and I you know from a lot of people's I'm sure you know way of life maybe boring, but I've always sort of enjoyed uh, trying this to learn is more you, about man. this. Yeah, and, and be just more on my you know more you know again. I guess I've always sort of wondered, especially since you know whatever my salvation and. And all that kind of stuff. Could I survive? Mm -hmm. You know, could we just you know survive on our own? And well, it's like I know. said, if there was like some kind of like a zombie apocalypse or like a nuclear <laughs> yeah. war, like I would want to come live with you. Yeah, well, it's funny. That's that's, that's, what, that's what's funny because Hunter, uh, it was it was probably uh, two years ago they had a huge uh, uh, blizzard up there. You know, yeah, prematurely, and Steph called him and like, hey, well, you know, what happens if you know? Hey, you know, I mean, all the power's out and this, you know, this, you know, if we were to get worse than this, what would we do? And he he said. We go to Sean's, <laughs> you know. But since that time, he's even started to get himself sort of another place that mm -hmm. is a little bit more uh, self-contained. Self -contained. Right. Yep. Do you hunt on this land too? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Did you have yeah. to stalk it, or is the animals just no, no? I mean, here? obviously, I mean, they, they came. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they, they, they come with it. You do your, yeah. yeah. I mean, and you know, and we, you know, we do our best to nurture it. You know, it's 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 excellent. You know, and the way that works is, you know, like, and you know, wildlife agencies all over do it. Uh, there's X amount of land, you know, you know how much pasture you have, how much, basically, you know, you know, on 500 acres, there's X amount of food source. Mm -hmm. So a wildlife biologist will tell you, you know, you need to keep your herd somewhere around, you know, 50, you know, mm -hmm. uh, 50 white-tailed deer. You know, it's, it's, it's sort of like one animal per 10 acres. Okay. Uh, and, they, and for the most part, they, you know, they, they only count white tail, but we've got pigs, we've got, you know, you know, dove, we've got a few ducks that come in when it's cold <laughs> and, uh. You know, so, I mean, we, we do our best to, to manage that. And uh, What do you do? Do you have to, like, put food down or something? Yeah, or? well, I, I plant uh, food plots, you know. Uh, I'll do winter wheat, and then I'll do some stuff in the spring. And then we also supplemental, you know, feed them, you know, which is corn feeders. And then we also run protein feeders uh, in the off-season, you, hmm. you know, which, again, is just, you know, it's about trying to take you know, good care of them and grow them big. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, just uh, – 
you know, we'll, we'll film a couple shows out here as well when, uh, when we do the McMillan River show. But, uh, you know, for the most part, I mean, my intention was just to get it just for us. And mm-hmm. again, it's just pretty cool. I mean, Rebecca and I sit over there and have coffee every morning. And I mean, half the time, you, you know, there's deer running around <laughs> out here. It's just a cool sight to see. Do you ever let your kids, like, I mean, you're, how old is your son now? He Cameron, be... he's uh, 14. He'll be 15 in So January. he's exploring age. Do you ever let him go explore around here? Is it like, you know, be home by oh, dark yeah. or well, what? You know, long... you, know, you know, he's going, I mean, he, he, he'll go. He now, you know, is old enough and he's, you know, taking hunter education that he, you know, he'll go and sit down in a blind. He'll get up and, you know, crack it on and go sit in a blind or he'll ask to go sit in one, you know, yeah. in the evening or whatever. And, That's amazing. Yeah. Man. What a cool, uh, yeah. cool experience. What a cool place to grow up. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, I mean, I, I, I hope so. Again, I mean, it's one of those things. It's, uh, again, pros and cons, right? Well, I mean, it's, you know, look, I mean, for us, it's, as you know, you know, we, we've homeschooled forever. I mean, like the classrooms there in the back, mm-hmm. um, we all mm-hmm. hang out with each other, but it's, it's about also teaching them a decent work ethic. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's, you know, we've got five dogs. We've got a gazillion cats. We've got two goats. We've got two horses. Mm-hmm. We got two, you know, three guinea pigs. Um, you know, there, there's, there's stuff to do before school starts at nine o'clock. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and you're adding those horses to it. Um, you know, it it, it takes chores. Some yep, chores. Exactly. Let me ask you this, though, Sean. I was always curious about this. Um, when you have kids that are homeschooled. And especially when you guys live so out in the middle of nowhere, how's the what's the social element like? Do you take him into town? Is he uh, are you kids in like youth groups or activity groups where they get like the social? Yeah. Element? Well, one, I mean, the funniest thing is that we, we, we when we first started homeschooling, we always like heard that like you know homeschoolers have difficulty socializing. Our kids are the two most outgoing. I mean, they are so comfortable right. around adults, and you know, I mean, my, you know. They they go up to more people than we do. Obviously, Rebecca and I we don't talk to anybody. Just, How you doing? My name's Cameron. You know, son and daughter. So, you know, we go to what we call right here. We call D one. You know what that? Oh is. yeah, yeah. Well, that's where they go and they they do their, you know, from from our homeschooling standpoint, we call that our PE. You know, but they go there and they train and then yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, our son's uh, he's uh, been doing uh, a bunch of stuff in his youth. Yeah, 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 yeah. His you know church youth group. So, um, and and you know it just it's. Uh, that's always seemed to be enough for them. And like mm. I said, for whatever reason, they haven't grown weary of us. You know <laughs> what I mean? And I don't well, I mean, I guess it's because, again, like, you know, again, he and I will go out and we'll, we sit out in the blinds. You know, I mean, you know, your wife, I mean, two horses are for Rebecca and, and mm-hmm. Cheyenne, you know, and then they, uh, you know, they've been doing that together. And again, we've, we've always just sort of hung out with one another. And again, I mean, they've got, they got friends. I mean, they've got, you know, they've got a couple friends that they've met at, at uh, you know, Cheyenne's met, you know, going to horse lessons and mm-hmm. Cameron's met at church or through his youth group and, you know, call. And Isn't stuff it like amazing? That. Like, uh, my kids are all uh, into horses, too. We have a ranch right near where we live. And I just bought a horse for, for my wife, too, which yeah. is, is a good present. Yeah. But for the kids as well. But, I mean, can you ride a horse at all? I, you know, I've ridden a little. I mean, many, uh, when I say many years ago, I guess it was, I don't know, maybe four years ago, right after I retired, mm-hmm. I got asked to do a... You know, a celebrity reigning competition. You know, reigning is a type of uh, type, type of writing. Yeah, type of writing. You know, format. Yeah, and uh, and uh, you know, it's like, geez, I don't know how to do that. So, but you guys, don't worry. You know, we'll, we'll teach it. So I can ride. Yeah, I can yeah. ride. I'm I'm no. You know, uh, it's amazing though because no expert, but I can set. I can my thing ride. was I, I 
I can't, I shouldn't say I can't, I just never have, but watching kids, you know, eight year old kid, kids, 11 year old, my son, just they're doing jumps. And it's just so amazing when kids start getting that confidence to do something that oh, yeah. we don't do. Oh yeah. You know, I always think, well, heck, I mean, my son was racing cars. That's what I was going to get. I mean, at. I mean, we, 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 you know, we, we stopped doing it this year because it just got to be, you know, it, didn't it, he have like a crash or something? Well, one time yeah, yeah, told I mean, me, I mean scary, he had right? plenty of crashes, but the thing is, this this was uh, I mean one everybody was trying to get me you know in the cars oh, you got to try this like no way he's the racer mm-hmm. he had no problem going fast I mean and, and the problem near the end why why we why we took him out is that he was starting to get really good finishes he was placing second he was placing third but boy he was getting aggressive and he was doing some things out there it was re- getting really hard to you know. Be, Bad behavior was getting your know, bad behavior gets rewarded a lot of times on the track. Hmm. You're cutting people off and stuff. Or? Well, just driving aggressive. Oh, okay. I mean, people call it. I mean, it, it, they call it racing. And the thing is, it's just it was getting really difficult to like. How do you how do you parent that? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you you want him to do better, and he is doing better. But then he's doing some stuff on the track that you go, man, that, you know that kind of underhanded. Well, not underhanded. It's just potentially that. I mean, if it doesn't go right. That can get dangerous. Gotcha. I mean, I've, you, remember, you remember when I showed you that little? Didn't I show you the little clip of him? Yeah, flipping and all yeah, that yeah, kind yeah, of stuff. So yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And so, and so the thing is, and he, and, and again, this, his, his car caught on fire. He handled it like a pro. Wow. He came out and he was okay. But then you start seeing him, and and that was when he was in the middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. Now he's up front and he's doing better, and he's getting more aggressive. It, it, it was, it was just. I guess the thing is, it was. It's more us than him. He was. Scares really you well. It scares us, and it was getting really hard to how do you, how do you properly parent that? You mm-hmm. can't sit there and go, you know, don't do this, you know, but I want you to finish well. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, I gotta, I gotta do this to finish well. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just sort of, it was, it was just, it was taking us into an area where like we didn't know how to really do it, and we just said, dude, we gotta, we gotta step away for now. And he wasn't happy at first, but then he, but then he got it when we got the chance to. I mean, he's a, he's a good kid. He really is. And when we got a chance to sit down with him, like and explain to him, like you, you got to be able to see our side of it, man. We, we're not, we don't want to be, you know, those bad parents, man. Yeah. We're gonna support yeah, you sure. and everything, but like, you know, you're doing you're doing some of these things that you know you, you shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't go well, you could really get hurt where you could hurt somebody right. else. Right, right, right. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. We're talking yeah, about because yeah. he was getting up. You know, he's getting to bigger tracks. And he's doing, you know, he's doing up to 80, 90 miles an hour now. And it was just... At you know, 14 years old. Yeah. yeah, years yeah old. No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> 14 years old. didn't have a license yet. That's what I'm saying. It's like, dude, you're still my baby. Yeah, exactly. You know, I yeah. mean, come on. Has no. he ever showed any interest in wanting to get into wrestling at all? None. No, never had it? No. Never had it no, I mean, he, he's, a, he's a heck of a drawer. I mean, right now, I mean, like if... if Drawing? Yes. Oh. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's very artistic in, in that respect. Mm. Like if you were to, I think... If you were to ask him, like, what his dream job would be, his would be uh, working for Marvel. Oh, that's, you know that's, what I mean? I mean, he, he's illustrator. He, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's great. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. We we took him, uh, went out to a full sale, took him on a tour. Mm-hmm. You know, and just showed him some of the stuff out there. Where but the right N- now, NXT is based out of? Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was going out there to, to, to do something for them anyway. And it's like, hey, why don't we go out there? I mean, so that that's sort of an that's an RT school. Mm-hmm. And uh, why don't we go out? Yeah, and it's an artist school, yes. basically, a creative school. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and, and some some of their graduates have gone on to work for Marvel and mm. stuff like that. So we went out there, and you just got to see some of the process. And you know, and again, they also get like at least get him, you know, 
tell him about some, you know, different computer programs and stuff like that that he can start to do. And, you know, it's like that's what, yeah, even in his youth group, you know, they're like, you know, we want to, you know, start doing, you know, we want to start selling some shirts or whatever. Let's start designing some shirts. All right and of on. Course, and, of course, that's what he did. Yeah. Like, you know, he's like, I'll, I want to, I'd like to do that part. And so he designs all the shirts. And like, they're like, holy cow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, he's, yeah. yeah, he just has, you know. Exploring himself. Yeah, right? he's got that ability. And so, I mean. That's two things that we've always sort of, and you know, the driving's not always out. The only thing is, and he always goes, "I don't want to drive on dirt." You know, mm-hmm. always tell him, like, you know, because the other one we were, we were going to Dallas. You know, we're going to, you know, we're going to Austin. To we're going to Houston. We're going to Louisiana. It's like every weekend, like, dude, that's just expensive you know, too, right? It's expensive sport. All of the above. Yeah, expensive yes. activity or sport. Exactly. It is. And so it's like now, if, if it's meant to be. You know, yeah. we'll we'll do it somewhere here locally, and you know, all they got here's a dirt track. I'm like, I don't want to ride. I don't want to ride dirt. You know, it's <laughs> it, it's funny. You mentioned uh, the full sale and going down to do something for WWE. First, I want to point out the, the numbers of your address is twelve forty one. You know, it's twelve forty one. Yeah, that's the office. The yeah. Office. Oh yeah, no, I saw that when we first like, got it. What are like, the coincidences of that? Of that? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, one yeah, twelve forty one East Main Street, Stanford, it's Connecticut. Right. Yeah, zero nine oh five. It's like you can't get away from yeah, it, man. No, uh-uh. For the rest yeah. of your life, you're gonna be living under the shadow yep. of the old yeah. man. What What is your involvement with the WWE now? I know you pop in and out uh, from time to time yeah. on TV when they need you. Uh, behind the scenes, do you do anything? No, no. I mean, no. I, I mean, like I said, I, I, uh, you know, every now, every once in a blue moon, somebody will call me and and. Say you know, do you have this date open? And mm-hmm. they're thinking, you know, creative was thinking about using you for this, that, and the other. And and if I've got the date open, which mo- most of the time I do, I mean, there's only been a, a handful of times when you know, I've, it's like I, I can't, you know, we're we're we're, we're gone or mm-hmm. we're, we're hunting, you know. And usually that's in the fall, you know. And, and for the most part, Hunter always knows that. I mean, he and you know, he for uh, as best I can tell, has steered them away from a you know. A, few phone calls i guess yeah, you know what i mean yeah, when yeah, yeah. you know there are times that he's like you can't just you can't just call him mm-hmm. and act like he's gonna be like, you can drop everything and do you ask them uh, what they want you to do or you just show up and have no problem with it well, i mean uh for the most part i mean uh the first couple times it was just you know uh show up and do whatever it didn't really matter then you know you know then there was uh the and again didn't you know again not a big deal but the, the brian danielson stuff a lot of it just didn't really make any sense. Mm-hmm. And, and and even that, I went ahead and did because I thought, oh, man, I mean, what the heck? Who cares? I mean, it's, you know, it's. Yeah. I, I don't mean to be. When I, when I say who cares, I don't worry about stuff. I, just don't, I mean, I mean just, about it. yeah, yeah, not, stuff just doesn't. Really yeah, it's not like it used to be yeah. dissecting every yeah, little yeah, detail, exactly. right? You know, I just don't. Yeah, I don't worry about my character. <laughs> you know, I have no problem with yeah, that, but my character would never. Yeah, do right, that. exactly. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's when you Me came personally. Back. My character, HBK, he says no. <laughs> yeah, that's when you came back. Spoken to him. Super kicked uh, Danielson, and of course yeah, that yeah. sparked a whole bunch. Oh, it's gonna be Danielson versus right, HBK. Exactly, and the thing is, at least I, I at least talked him into. Like let him, you know, because I was I was just supposed to kick him, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And I said, at least let me come on tomorrow night, and let him stretch me. Mm-hmm. You know, at least let him get something back. The poor dude, and there's no answer to this. And what, uh, you know, it's like, well, you know, okay. I mean, we didn't know we didn't know you'd be available Monday. And it's like, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'd like to do this for you know for, Brian. for him, yeah. And uh, so anyway, but so and then there was one other time I got called to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. This guy was supposed to be on the show, 
And uh, so I drive all the way there, and they well, they sort of changed it. You're not on the show, but we want you to do the uh, whatever the dark match. Or no, dark? no, <laughs> dark match. <laughs> the pre, but the, oh, pre, the pre-show, yeah, 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 the pre-show. And I said, uh, and, and 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 you do the pre-show, but there's also an after-show, mm-hmm. the one that comes on after on. I said, so I said, look, I don't mean to. I'm not trying to be difficult. <laughs> you know very well I do anything for you, but I said, but I didn't. Yeah. All, you know, I don't. So I don't, you know, one, I don't live in this neighborhood anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it's a it's a little bit of a drive for me now, um, and I don't, you know, and I don't I certainly don't want to be doing anything afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, and have to be home at two and three in the morning. You know, it's interesting. And I said, what? Long story short, I just said, like, I'm not, you know, you don't really need me, and it's okay. I'm not offended, but I did drive all this way. I'm going to go ahead and go home and. Oh, you got to do the pre-show. That's important. And I said, like, it's not important. <laughs> yeah. And he said, no, but it is. And then I just, and I'm not going to say who was on. I said, look, I'm out there with this person, this person, and this person. Mm-hmm. I said, do those other two people say importance to you? Mm-hmm. And he said, you've got me there. <laughs> Have a safe trip. <laughs> and so I just, and that was, uh, and strangely enough, though, I think that was the last time I've, I've been called. I'm not sure. You know, when you said, I don't live in this neighborhood anymore, I wasn't thinking of it literally. You literally don't live in that neighborhood of San Antonio. I was thinking yeah. you, were ma- you were meaning, I don't live in this neighborhood of this world of wrestling, this mindset. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, when, when, Knowing you now, I mean, super laid back, super cool, and you always were. But but when you're in the biz, especially when we worked, there was a lot of fire there and a lot yeah. of not dissecting, but let's make this right. Right. Well, let's make it. Let, you know? well, let's make it good. Let's make yes. it right. But but I mean, I, but I was doing it. Yeah, you were. In I mean, it. and that's yeah. the only thing. Uh, I was an active player then. I'm not now, yeah. and, and that's why you don't live in that neighborhood. No, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. But and I, and I don't and and see and to me, at the very least, at the very least. I don't want to come back and make it all about me either. Right. You know I mean, and, 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 you know, and, and make it my neighborhood again. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I have no desire to do that. I don't think it's fair to do that. Mm-hmm. It's someone else's neighborhood, <laughs> all those things, you know what I mean? And so, um, and so, and, and, and that's why to me, like I said, there have been times it's like, you know, I'd rather not do anything than come in and make something worse, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that was, that was the only part that I was, you know, with, with the, with the, the Brian stuff is like, you know, I'm coming in, you know, and it's like everybody knows, you know, that I trained him. You, you can't just have me kick somebody and I think it's going to be a yeah. fairly big deal. And again, not not saying like, hey, got to understand, I'm Shawn Michaels. I'm a pretty no. big deal. You know? I'm <laughs> Which not you kind of are, though. But I'm just saying you can't bring back any kind of Hall of Famer, so to speak, any kind of guy that was yeah. really something, especially the guy, you know, a guy who's certainly connected to this guy. Yes. We're telling that story that I'm connected to him. And then I kick him and then I'll leave. You know what I mean? Yes. Just, yeah. So it just didn't, and you know. So I at least still care enough to like, well, gosh, let me at least mm-hmm, let me try mm-hmm. to button up something for you here before I go. Sure. And so, uh, you know, that, that's what I tried to do. But it was just uh, when you when you first, uh, I mean, like you mentioned, you trained Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson. Did you like? I mean, you can never guess. Okay, this guy is going to be you know top of the top. Did you see something in him from the start? Though. Oh, right sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was very simple. There, you know, that first class which he was a part of was him, Kendrick, and Lance. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. Those three guys. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there was there was another guy in there. We called him Shooter Schultz. I mean, he was a talented young man. He just didn't stay. Uh, you know, and there were and other guys that were just underneath them, but it was like, you know, you could see uh, that. You know, Lance, Bryan, and Brian would be three guys that certainly looked like they were willing to go ahead and pay the price mm-hmm. and wait and let 
you know, again, and 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 starve and mm-hmm. and and all those type of things and and, and do. And then I remember telling both him and Brian uh, Kendrick, "Look, you guys need to understand something. He's bigger. Yeah, he's going to get the first look. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be a longer road for you guys because you guys are going to you know mm-hmm. you're going to get the me treatment. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, but I, all I can do is tell you what somebody told me, and I was DiBiase, you know, saying that eventually talent, you know, will make its way to the top. Mm-hmm. And if you and if you stick with it, then I, I think you know, uh, you know, he he was a hard worker." You know, and I, and I always I always throw Kendrick in there with him as well because they were both those two guys pushed each other mm. uh, all the time. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, and they were constantly there all the time. The absolute two best guys in the world, you know, to train or you know to, to have each other to yeah. Uh, but I mean, but I mean, just and to also for you to be a part of it, they just. You know, they came hungry. They stayed hungry. They were always <laughs> ready, really always up. Never. Oh yeah, just you know, <laughs> couldn't couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so it's it's hard not to you know it's hard not to gravitate to them. You, you, you talked about too because you you can understand the um, not the plight, but understand what they're going to go through because they're small mm-hmm. guys, and they were smaller than than you and I. Yes. And when I started, I was too quote unquote too small, and that was four or five years after you started. How was it for you starting out and, you know, even when you first came in the WWE and all this stuff, like, did you, did you ever think like, I'm mean, sure you believe in your ability, but did people kind of look Oh, he's just way too small? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Marty and I got it really bad. I mean, it was just, it was very simple. I mean, cause one of the first teams we had to work with, I remember it in the garden, hmm. it was demolition. Yeah. And we couldn't, those guys, it's like, geez, those guys are small. Yeah. Everything, everything we did to them. That that we were allowed to knock him down had to be double everything, mm. everything. You were told that by them or by the agents? By them, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, by, by by them and by the agents, and it was just you know, it, it, the the sizing was really really important back then. Yes, um, and so, and you couldn't help but to get that stigma. And it's funny because all these years later to have guys like you know again and i'm and i'm not saying you know as you know i'm, I'm not huge or anything but i mean my prime you know dude i was i was six one that's what i mean it's 215 or 220 guy guys now are five nine yes they're a buck 85 that's right <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they go well, Shawn michaels man is like, dude, it's like that's why nash gets so much heat because nash always goes look he was four inches taller than you and that's and 20 right. and 30 or 30 pounds heavier Yes, you know what I mean, and, there, and there's and the thing is, and he moved like you, yeah. So yeah, there's a difference, yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, and so, but I, I get that all the time. People are like, you know, I, I didn't think you would be this 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 tall. Like, did you think I was like a midget? Like, yeah. still six feet tall. Oh yeah, well, know, which I mean, is a big well, person, but oh, just yeah, not see, in the wrestling I, world. I, oh yeah, I mean exactly. I mean you you know, especially me. Mm-hmm. What you know, show you again in my in my prime and all that stuff was making my living with guys like Nash and right. Ramon. Right. I mean Scott Hall six eight. Yes. You know what I mean? And Scott Hall worked with me like he, he like you and I worked together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I, if I came off the ropes and hit Scott with a tackle, he went down. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Scott just Scott was like, I just, I, I'm not going to work like that. Yeah. You know well, the so, business was changing at that point too. You're oh, talking for about sure. For sure. But you're talking about yes. the late '80s when you guys first came in, like you said. I mean, oh yeah. Talking about rockers being you know the the, the smaller looking guys, but still big guys. But working with the Twin Towers and working with Demolition and working right. with guys that are six foot five, six foot eight, uh, Haku and Barbarian. Correct. Those type of things. And they all were really big. Sorry about the That's phone right. ringing there. Problem. It's funny. We know we'll never get phone calls here. <laughs> they know I'm here. And you're here to do this. Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> certainly nobody calls for me. I can promise you that much. <laughs> um, the thing is, uh, but they, 
you know, to all of their credits, they were big men. All of them were big men. Um, but, and so, and I'm not saying it like, I'm not trying to diminish demolition by saying, no, no, you know, I know. We had a not, you know, we had not do the, it all made sense. It makes perfect but sense. Size was, mm-hmm. you know, was an issue then. And again, and for us, it was just the first time we ever dealt with it. We never really, it was never so sort of really out there. You know, I mean, it was like if we, even if we'd worked with bigger guys before, it made sense to us. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're going to double drop kick you to knock you down. Mm-hmm. But we didn't run into it a lot. You know, we'd come off, you know, Buddy Rose and Doug Summers, where we were doing double stuff anyway, but not because they were big, but because it looked cool. Yeah, and, it was a cool so, thing. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing is, we were going to do that, but then to have it emphasized sort of, you know, again, to be like, you know, I can't go down for that. Or, mm-hmm. or when you did do something like that, a guy dropped to a knee or something. Yeah. You'd, well, you know, and you notice that and you go, wow. And again, it was just something new, mm-hmm. honestly. And that's sort of what took you back. It's not as if we had a problem with it or, you know, it bothered us. It was just one of those things that you go, well, okay, that's did that's it, did something it give you um, think about. Did it give you a chip on your shoulder, an attitude, being a small guy, but knowing that you're, you know, more exciting well, certainly, than most of these guys? Uh, well, uh, yeah. I know I, it did I, for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I'm sure, I'm sure that, uh, you know, it's sort of, it's sort of like um, – if I say, you know, we'll do a double drop kick and then you can go down. Um, if it's my idea, it's okay. Mm-hmm. If you say I'm not going down unless you double drop kick me, then you go, well, no, I don't want to double drop kick. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. So yeah. it made sense, mm-hmm. and so, but yeah, I think you do. I think you get the chip a little bit, but more importantly, uh, I would say I think the thing that sunk into me was like, there's no way you're going to make it. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, certainly, mm-hmm. I mean. Or this is, you know, this is. You're thinking to yourself, "I'm never going to make it." Cause I'm yeah, small. this is this is certainly as far as you go here, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this I can only get so far. Yeah, I mean, and, and and that's that's where the chip and the anger and all that kind of stuff sort of comes <laughs> in. And you know, especially as you, you know, again, as you sort of see, like, well, you know, even Marty and I felt we were, you know, a better team than you know certain other people. And sure. if the only thing that was going to hold us back was our size, that certainly didn't seem fair. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Talk is talk is talk is Jericho. I'm here with Shawn Michaels at his ranch in the middle of nowhere, Texas, like literally out in the middle of nowhere. Um, but here's something I can never figure out. I grew up a huge fan of the Rockers, uh, you and Marty, and I could never understand why you guys never won the tag team champions because you guys, you, you watch the shows, people cheering for you, going nuts, you always do cool moves and do all this great stuff. stuff that, I remember one time you, you did, a guy did a drop down, you jumped on his back and did a backflip off his back. Yeah. I only yeah. saw it once. I don't yeah. know why you did. I was just like, I can do this. Look at me. Well, but that, and, and, that's, and that's one of the reasons why you sort of only do that once because you do it and you go, you know, why would you? Why yeah. Would, what's yeah. the psychology behind that? It's cool that you did it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, mean, I never just want to let you know that I can. Yeah. <laughs> but I probably shouldn't do that anymore because it doesn't make any sense. You know? I, I used to go, I used to hang out at uh, Gold's Gym in no, Winnipeg. I, that's like, we tell the story. I love it. It's, you know? I, I went up to you and I was like, I was like hey, Sean, how. 
how do you do a backflip off the top rope? And you went, just go up there and do it, brother. And then fast forward four or yeah. five years, and here I am in a barn in Okotoks, Alberta. Go to the top rope. I'm like, well, Sean just said go for it. And I did this big overextended like backflip, and I landed on my feet, and I fell backwards on my back, and I did another flip over. I was like, I went so far with it. I did like yeah, a, just a went flip too and a half. But you know. the thing is, if you go back and you, and you know how to do the roll yeah, the way through, and you came up, hey, you, you, know, you still get up, you can still cover it up pretty good. It's only if you fall short. That's right. That you're that's screwed, right. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You could show that you could do that yeah. stuff. But, um, but, but why did you never get to to be the champions? Well, I mean, I, you know, that that's uh, again, that's one of those, you know, some how like whatever the internet guys know all the reasons behind that stuff but i never i mean i th- i mean i never heard a definitive reason mm-hmm. you know why the rockers weren't obviously everybody knows the story of when they were finally going to with the heart foundation and then the ring fell apart and all that kind of stuff yeah right. you guys actually won the titles right. yes on, like, a, on a taping right on a saturday night main event two out of three fall and rope broke and you know, me and Brett, you know, uh, guys, we tell that story all the time. It's just, again, just one of those, one of those things because, you know, here, you know, all of us you know, back then, you know, uh, everybody's still getting along. It's like the, you know, the hearts never really got to work with us that much. And they knew like we could have a good match with those. Yeah. Guys. Cause they were smaller guys too, oh, yeah, quote unquote. Well, sure. Anvil being, you know, well, I mean, we bump for Anvil and still yeah. do cool stuff with Brett and, you know, a perfect sort of combination yes. there. And of course, Saturday night main event. So, in all of our minds, we're like, "Oh, we're going to go out there and tear this bad boy up." And then, of course, everything just goes to hell in a handbasket. So they couldn't show so, the match. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, remember we finished it. We went ahead and won, so to speak. Uh, and uh, but then they just did everything they could to try to sort of piece it together. And I think they work. came to the conclusion like, oh, "There's just no way." And then, of course, we got the word that we got to get the belts back, and then they're going another direction, and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love your laugh. It's just hilarious. It's the ultimate but, I mean, dusty finish. Well, it is. Well, but I mean, but the thing is, I mean, you know, and the reason, you know, for you kids scoring along at home, one of the reasons Chris laughs so deeply at us because you, can, and you know very well, it's like one of the things you wait for, and now you're screwed. And, and and it adds to and it adds to you know that that fire yes. that you're already sort of bitter about. Absolutely. Yeah, you, know you know what, what I mean? you know what I'm yeah. laughing at the yeah. most is, is, is my it, you know, my first. I mean, we can laugh now, yes, right? At you the know time, what I mean? though, it's yeah. like what kind of, of evil fate yeah. happens at the rope breaks? Or yes. the reason why I'm laughing is I uh, my first appearance at Madison Square Garden, first ever live show, and I was supposed to just go out and do a promo. And as you know, in Madison Square Garden, Vince is there. He's at mm-hmm. the curtain. He watches everything. And I went out there, and I grabbed the microphone, started cutting the scathing promo. And then 10 seconds in, my mic goes out. And then it goes back on. And then it goes out. So let me – and then now the booze turn to laughing, oh, yeah, turn to get out of here. Oh, and, all, and I walk back to the curtain, and Vince is like oh. – didn't go very well. I'm like, because you're no, no, sh- no sh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why? Why, yeah. God? Why? Yeah. You know? But- <laughs> didn't, go, didn't go very well. You think? Yeah, gee, yeah. thanks, buddy. Yeah. Get some microphones at work, pal. Thanks, Captain Obvious. Yeah, Mr. Billionaire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was your relationship with Vince back in those days? Did you have one at all when you were, when you were no, in the Rockers? No, no. I mean, you know, we the <laughs> our first our first dealing with it was, was again, you know, the firing uh, the first time, you know, 
you know, nice boots, you know, hey, thanks, they're made for walking. And then, of course, oh, I'm just kidding, come on in here. And then he fired us. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, a, that's, always, one of my, that's always one of my favorite stories. These boots know? are made for walking. Yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. No, no, we, we, yeah, we were out there, you know, back then you had the old, you know, the, the rattlesnake skin boots and all that. <laughs> yeah. And, Wearing on the outside of the jeans. Oh, yeah, still, of course. You see, still, still do. do. Yeah. They're just cowboy boots now, <laughs> mud, mud boots. Snake boots yeah. now, man. <laughs> but, uh. You know, we're out there, and again, he comes out of the office. And this was back when the office was in uh, Greenwich, not in Stanford. It's not in, wow. It was the original. Yeah, oh, yeah. What was, what was that Way like, that office? Was it just a smaller place? Oh, yeah. yeah, much smaller. Just like yeah. Howard Finkel working the desk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he came in, peeked his head around the corner, and he goes, nice boots. We went, oh, thanks. He goes, they're made for walking. We went, oh, no. And he goes, just kidding. Come on in here. And then, like I said, he brought us in, sat us down, and said, sorry, they're not going to let you stay. The boys, they, you know, they, they're, they're, they're going to run you out. So oh, the boys. Yeah, he yeah, yeah, put up the heat on the boys. What, were you guys like, partying too much or were you too crazy No, time, no. Or? I mean, first, honestly, the, the real story is the first night, you know, we didn't even want to go out. Pat Patterson's telling us you need to go out. You need to make friends with the boys. We had a bunch of heat coming in. They'd heard about us, yada, yada, yada. Heat because of your, your reputation? Yes, correct. Gotcha. Yes. Um, and... Uh, and so we went to uh, where everybody was at. They were in a hotel near the airport, in the bar, yada, yada, yada. We're up there. We're not talking. Finally, we see it's Powers, Davy Boy, and somebody else. Can't remember. We go down there. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Jimmy Jack Funk, mm-hmm. uh, Jesse Barr. Jesse Barr, yeah. yeah. Comes over and, hey, you guys are big partiers. And we're, no, no, we're just you know, trying, to, trying to take it easy. I mean, none of us had anything to drink, Marty and I. And, uh, you know, come on, here you guys are party. And he takes a bite out of a glass. Oh, well, like, holy hell, yeah. It's the like, old oh, school brother. Goodness. Yeah, you ain't kidding. <laughs> so we're like, oh, my goodness, this is, you know, this is, this is getting out of hand quickly. <laughs> you know? And we're like, no, no, no. He goes, come on. He takes another one. <sighs> we're like, oh, man. So I said, okay, you want us to party? I grab a glass. Bam, break it on my head. I said, how's that? And then, you know, I just I exit. And uh, the next day, the story goes around that we just, like, tore up this bar. Oh. You know, the wrestling fish story. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that single glass shatter turns into, by the time we, uh, we got fired, it was a month later, we got booked in Continental Wrestling down in Alabama. By the time we got down there, uh, one of the grapplers, uh, Len Denton or uh, Tony, Tony, Tony Anthony. We came in, and I won't say all use all the language he used because you dumb son of a bitch. You know, you <laughs> every people wait their whole careers to get to the WWE. You guys get there and you blow it. He said, "Did you really light your couch on fire and throw it out the window into the pool?" And we're like, "What?" At that what? point, you're like, yes, we did. We're just like, oh, my goodness. What is it? You know, how did it get into this? But that's, I mean, and as you know, that's the wrestling business. Telephone, telegraph, telewrestler. Yep. Oh, my goodness. And, of course, you know, yeah. Well, how long was it before you guys got invited back, or how did you get invited uh, back? A year, year and a half. Um, it got to where we went, we went, all, went, through all, went down to Continental. Back to Mid-South, back to the AWA. We were going back and forth with AWA and Mid-South. You know, we were the champs mm-hmm. of both. And then, if I recall, it was like Vern 
trying to like sign everybody to some kind of contract thing that like with no money or whatever and, and we you know we we made a call and unbeknownst to to us and of course pat patterson you know would would tell us this story years later you know like i see him now and he still tells us <laughs> yeah but every month he would go to vince and say can we give those rockers a try again and then vince would say no they're dead to me wow they're dead to me just from that one yes it's yep. so weird how Vince gets a B in his bonnet about like what the hell's the big deal? Vince probably yeah. broke ten glasses over his head oh, yeah. that night. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, and he just said, "Pat, they'll never." I mean, he would you know, every month he would go, "Pat, they'll never be here. They're dead to me." They're dead to and me. then finally one day, you know, it, you know, he says, "He says you're just going to come to me all the time about this." Aren't you? He goes, "Well, he goes, I think that you know, I think they've got some talent. Yeah, they're trouble and yada yada yada, but you know, they've got talents." And he said, "All right, it's on you." You, you, they're your responsibility. And we came back under like double secret probation or whatever. <laughs> like, oh, and, and how uh, how influential was Pat on your uh, on your career? Oh, come on. You know. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's the, he's he's the, the Jedi. Yeah. He he's, he's Yoda. He is, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was, you know, it, it, that was the thing. And it, it was a shame because, you know, obviously now, I mean, he's, he's done it with you. He, he did it with Brett. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you know, he did it with me. And and the obviously the you know the the differences that Brett and I had while while, while we were there, that hurt him so bad. Mm. And it, and it what even what hurt him the worst is that, you know, Brett thought Pat had taken part in something, oh, and he and yeah. he never did. Yeah. And and the thing is that we knew specifically that you couldn't tell Pat because Pat wouldn't be able to. He to couldn't live with do it. it. Yeah. You know I mean because he's such a sweetheart as you know. Mm -hmm. But Pat Patterson, I mean again all that. You know, obviously, all that stuff aside, was I mean, tremendous. I mean, especially when I mean, he was good with Marty and I, uh, but then you know, with my singles career, you know, he was, and I mean, and again, you know, he, he's the guy that you know, even whether people liked it, disliked it, you know, you know, the ideas that he came up with, you know, the marathon match, mm -hmm. the, you know, all of that stuff, um, you know, the Rumble. I mean, the yeah. Royal Rumble is Pat Patterson's. Yeah. You know, just uh, just how to put together a match. You know, I'd worked nine years before I got in the WWE. You worked you worked for a long time too, but just didn't know. I didn't understand a lot of that stuff. And he really, I tell everybody the story. The day that he sort of it was just to me encapsulized everything and changed my style forever. And it was and it, you know, nothing you know, nothing to do with the flips or the movement, but just my my outlook on everything. Mm -hmm. We were in. Uh, White Plains is back when we, you know, again, we used to do, you know, the, the, the long TVs with what, a, a number like of days. Four hours or five hours yes, of TV. Yes, and, and do that for two days. Gotcha. And then back then people knew what the dark match was and the dark match is coming, they're, they're leaving the building. <laughs> the dark match that night was me and, me and Scott, me and Razor. And he goes, tonight, just, I want you to do a double knockout. You guys go down and you don't move. I mean, no matter what. Don't move, don't move a muscle. Just lay there and wait for those people. I'm like what? I mean, dude, it's a dark match. We're gonna go out there, ping, 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 and call it a night. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's like, no. I want you to try this. You gotta trust me. Just lay there. Those people will come. They're not gonna do anything but leave the building. Come and just, just lay there. Don't you move. You just wait. And if they don't, you don't do anything until they start coming. And then if they come, you slow. Mm -hmm. And you know how he describes it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you go back and go, boom, ging, ba-boom, ga-ging. <laughs> and we're like, oh, my goodness, a dark match. I mean, they've seen 50, you know, 
Yeah, literally matches. 50 matches, right? Oh, yeah, and squash matches. Mm. And, you know, with a, you know, right? Every move, every entrance, every tie right. spot. Oh, my goodness. Like, Pat, for you, I mean, you know, we'll, you know, whatever. We'll do anything for you. So, I mean, so Scott and I do it. Boom. I mean, and you could hear a pin drop. And we're like, oh. And and, and and I don't I, to this day I don't know how long it was it felt like forever, <laughs> but then all of a sudden I mean we saw people leave it and then I mean they're coming back into their seats <laughs> and then all of a sudden and here comes the roar yeah they started coming it was like oh my god he's right <laughs> you know and we slept, we got up we, I mean and obviously from that point on the double knockout was <laughs> yeah. part of every, <laughs> part of every <laughs> but I mean but it it's sort of what it encapsulated was I mean just the psychology of you know. Of really, you know, you, taking control of those people, mm -hmm. taking control of their emotions, and you dictating to them, no matter what they say, no matter what you, you know, or even even in spite of what you feel, mm -hmm. go out there and do this, mm -hmm. you know, and 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 more than anything, taking risks, you know what I mean? Yeah, take a risk, try something, try some new stuff. Yeah. You know, and so it was, I don't know, it was just sort of, I don't know, just very illuminating. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're like, golly. I mean, if you can do that here at White Plains at the end of. Yeah, at the end of five hours. You know, whatever if it I is. Get to, you know, I mean, if I get to go on whatever, mm -hmm. third or fourth, or even if I'm going on last and nobody else has done it, you know, or, or whatever, or you tell anybody, don't anybody do any double knockouts. You know, it's, it, it, <clears throat> I was back this summer for a little run. I did the thing with Bray Wyatt. And, you know, great character and he's pretty pretty agile pretty good worker but still a young guy mm -hmm. and we would do matches on the house show and um do some false finishes and i remember when you and i worked house shows in between the false finishes rather than get up he said just stay down just just stay and just don't move and just kind of sell and i, I was doing the same thing with him like just stay there don't move stay stay <laughs> don't 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 come over stop 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 with that listen man you got to take more time but that's all the pat pat it's the same concept yeah. as what you're saying yeah. from, from that you know well and that's what gets you doing that is because i mean you, you sort of figure out like i you know whatever i took this much time this time and they came here I wonder if i if i take this much time yeah. here they'll do this yeah you know and beginning to feel with it and and I don't know. I mean, again, and honestly, like telling somebody, like some guys, so you can say don't move, but they, you know, they think that means like moving somewhere. Yeah. No, don't move yeah. means don't move. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, you know, Zero nicely. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought I should. Sell. I didn't say move. I didn't say sell. I said don't move mm. you know again, and the only reason i'm saying don't move is because it's important yeah it's right. important to yeah the just don't move because movement if they see movement they're gonna you know again it's it's like a like a cat mm -hmm. you know i mean mm -hmm. he sees something moving he's gonna look over there at it and now you've distracted him yes you know what i mean right right, right, and right. so it's like you know again i know you know you don't have to know what i'm doing here because <laughs> you just follow you know <laughs> was it hard sometimes like you know I mean, actually i get yelled at this all the time and, and you kind of got it sometimes too, but you're calling spots and stuff. But sometimes when you're working with people that weren't very good, you would have to call spots. I remember specifically with Vader and with Shamrock that weren't, you know, they're good guys and working hard, but you would always have to like tell them like, start right there. Don't yeah. Move, well, don't and obviously back then I went way, obviously way overboard. Um, you know, not doing it obviously the right way, but, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, one, you know, I, that's, we all, everybody knows the story, a ton more emotional than, yes. uh, but, um, but I mean, like even, you know, even, even with you, I mean, there, there were times, I mean, I wasn't yelling 
at no, no, you, no, no, no. But I, you know, yeah, but yeah, yeah but you know, whatever. Just trying, like, hey, you know, don't. In the course of the match, yeah, right? Yeah, don't you know, stay down. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I don't mean you know, you know damn you, Christian. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Just like, you know, again, it's, I mean, and of course you, again, you were obviously wonderful about it because you know very well. I'm gonna, you know, mm-hmm. explain my mindset. You know. I can't do it yeah. out here. You know, what I mean? you know what I mean? You know what I mean? But I mean, but I mean, and the important thing is, that you, and again, you are, you're always respectful, always trusted me enough to know, like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, dipsticks. He's, he's got, he's got a reason why he's doing yeah. this. I mean, I'll figure it out later and he'll let me know. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I did and, and, and obviously way too, you know, overboard. But I mean, but because I, it was, I guess the thing is, one of the things I'm guilty of is once, like I, if, or certainly if, like, I've got this in here, I'm going, this is an awesome idea. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, I got it. This is, this is going to be beautiful. You know, it's, and then you, you, you mess that up. It's like, <laughs> you <"Doo-doo."> yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't handle it very well. But I mean, again, like, you, and I've, I've always heard you, you know, you know, again, you've always, you, you tell a story a bunch about ours. You know, our second, our last angle, I will call it, whatever, yes. that last one where everything went so well. But you know how long that process was, so amazing, right? Yeah. But we had fun. I mean, but, and, and, and there are times, you know, like, I like that butt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we'd go back, and, and I like that. And I, and I guarantee you, I bet you you're like that now with everybody, which is like, mm-hmm. which drives, that's good. But I mean, let, let me, which what, drives, them nuts now because yeah. no one really does that. Yeah. He says, okay, we'll do this, but well, and that's the thing. But you and I also, you know, and I, I guess that I, I mean, I can't say purposely I did it with you because I knew you enjoyed the process. Mm. You and I have always had such a real, very good relationship mm-hmm. in that it always certainly appeared to me that you did enjoy the process. Oh, absolutely. And we're at TV Tons and it's like thousand. we're going to do what else? Yeah. Here all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what right, I mean? right, right. You know what I mean? So we can sit here and pick this thing apart and mess around with it. And plus, I think, you know, again, we were, you know, in a situation where, you know, it it just sort of, we weren't, we we were going to do something else with you guys, but this is sort of something, something happened here. So let's just, yeah. let's go with it for a week and see what happens. And right. so we'd go with it for a week and then we'd do something and we'd add something to it. And then they go, well, that would actually work out. So it sort of, it never, it never really had a direction anyway. So that mm-hmm. fell in your and I's favor mm-hmm. because we, th- therefore we're taking some of their responsibility off their hands. If, if we'll come up with yes. a lot of the stuff, well, you it, know what I mean? It's like, we want to keep doing something with you guys, but we weren't planning on doing this. And again, no, no fault of theirs. It was just one of those things that it was supposed to be me and Dave. And I think you were, you and I were doing, a one shot, a one off, and then I was going to go with Dave and to go do something else, and then all of a sudden it yeah, went the, a different direction. The, the idea was, and it's funny because I just wrote uh, wrote about this in my last book, and um, I wanted to kind of remember a lot of like I remember a lot of it, but what I did, which I don't usually do for my books, is I went online and I looked up. I Googled, you know, Michael's Jericho timeline, 2008, mm-hmm. and some guy had written a timeline of week by week what we did from April to October. Yeah. That was the, the length of the story. Wow. And there was so much detail in there. Yeah. Some I remembered, some I did not. Yeah. And 
you know, let's talk about it. Because in my opinion, and I'm not saying this with any type of ego, that was well, by far was the best storyline I'd ever done. Yeah, well, it was fun. I, I mean, think it's one of the best storylines in yeah. WWE history. Well, no, I, you've always said, like, they need to do a DVD. Of I, that. Think, <laughs> I really think they do. Like, I was thinking of the DVD for the royalties. You know, for me. <laughs> <laughs> but not anymore. It's the network. We yeah, don't get royalties yeah, anymore. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it started out was, was um, I was kind of floundering as a baby face. I came up with this new character. I wanted to turn heel. And they said, okay, you'll turn heel on Sean. Uh, as the guest referee in the Sean Batista match. Right. And then the next month, you guys will do a one-off, and then you move on. And I think both of us were like, that's a waste. Because we had worked at WrestleMania yeah. 2003. Right. And well, it just seemed confusing. Like, Because, I mean, I think that was the time I get, I don't know, maybe, no, it wasn't, no, what it was. I can't remember what it was. It was just I was doing something with Dave, mm-hmm. and they were just putting you in there for one, and they wanted to, like, turn you heel in that, but then you were going to go off. And I was like, we can't turn heel on me and then go off with me. So we need to think of something better than that. And then at the same time, it's like, we want you to beat Dave. It can't be sort of, we don't, obviously you can't beat Dave, (laughs) you know, sort of fair and square. And so then it was like, well, I mean, and and again, I want to throw one of those things. I I don't know. It might've, heck, it might've been Pat, but somebody like, you know, was yeah, can you do like a you know like the thing where you tweak your knee and you know, you're hurting? And of course, Pat was doing it from the you're, you're really hurt mm-hmm. type thing, and then all of a sudden somehow it was like, well, what if it's you know? Which again, I don't even know. I mean, just that's how all the cool stuff comes up though. It's like, but what if it's like, you know, how about we do that though? I, you know, I you know because Pat wanted me. You know, obviously, you're not really hurt, but you go down working like you hurt your knee, and you know, and then obviously, and then I was thinking like, well, then I've got to sell my knee for the next couple of weeks. Right. You know, from a shoot standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm going to be at home, I'm not going to be limping or whatever. And, and then, you know, and, and, you know, and then I've still got these matches to go with these guys. You got to work on TV and I'm going to be giving brother's knee, but what if it's, you know, what if it's, I tweak it, but am I hurt? But I've been hurt enough that people think I'm hurt. You know what I mean? It's yes. Like, but then, but then it turned out to be a real work. Right. We didn't and then we get sure. you. You know what I mean? And that was the beauty. Cause yeah, I remember, yeah. remember what I remember was, is that, is that uh, Vince was like, well, uh, he goes, what kind of finish are you going to do? And we're like, what do you want? He goes, I don't know. I just booked. You got to figure it out. <laughs> and so yeah. we did. Yeah. Well, but, that was the one like all the way up to darting the pay-per-view goal. We didn't <laughs> yes, know what we, we were, were doing. still trying to figure it out. And that's when yeah. Batista went to powerbomb you. You landed on your feet, yeah. tweaked your knee. Yeah. Now, like you said, is he really hurt? Is he not? And what happened was the perfect storm because that's the time when I was starting this new character. And I started calling the people. I started calling you a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. And I started calling the people hypocrites for believing in you. Because right. eventually the payoff was that you weren't really hurt. Right. You super kicked me and danced away. Yeah. And people were still cheering. I'm like, but yeah. he's the liar. Yeah, no, Sean's the, the liar in this. Then that's what was so cool about yes. it. Then we're sitting there going like, holy cow, this is the greatest, neatest thing in the world because we're making them still cheer me and I'm the guy. That that's did, right. I'm the guy that did the bad thing. And we're making them boo you. And you called out. You know, you called the, told right the truth, thing, but because you're being so self-righteous yeah. about it, they're going to boo you. And, and how do you not have fun with that? That's right. Because it's totally opposite of everything that was going on. You know, well, I mean, but and anything that, you know, that's, you know, I, I, certainly for me, anyway, that's not the type of baby face I am. Mm-hmm. I'm good at two-shoes baby yeah, face. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and to, It gave you an edge, too. Yeah, well, I mean, just just to be able to be like, it's, it gave me, yeah, it gave HBK a shrewdness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It and, did. Yeah, and so, I, anyway, so obviously... We had a we had a field day with that well, and, and with that the, kind of mindset going into it. It was just it was very uh, again it was just you know uh, an off kilter anti heroish 
well, which was something that had never really been seen before. Because yeah. I think, you know, the, the best type of heels always have a kernel of truth, like yeah. you said. It's like if, I, if, if you were walking across the street and I pulled you back because you almost got hit by a bus. But every day for the rest of your life, hey, remember when you almost got run over by a bus and I saved life? Hey, remember when you almost got run over by that bus like an idiot and I saved you? would be like, yeah. shut up. I wish you yeah. should let me get hit right. by the yeah. bus already. Now it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. You'll be in front yeah. of the bus. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's why it works so well. But then, then the, the, the turn of when I threw you into that, uh, into the Jarotron 5000, yeah. that was another classic. I just, yeah. I watched a lot of this back because I didn't ever watch it. But man, it was great. Yeah. What well, well, on? Well, that's, you know, that was, uh, I remember you coming to me saying, look, this is my sort of my, my barbershop. Thing. Yes, you know what I mean. I'm thinking, you know, this is something I'm thinking of doing. Well, I think when one you thing, kicked Marty through the barbershop yeah, window, yeah. yeah. Well, I, mean, I think, I think, you know, as you look through our angle, there were certain times that throughout it, you know, whatever, as it started to look like it was starting to taper off, we throw some fire on the gas, mm-hmm. some gas, mm-hmm. gas on, on the fire. fire yeah. You know what I mean? And obviously, you know, you know, throwing my wife in there and that thing, and I think that's just set it to a again went took it to a level of of like you know like oh, yes, somebody's going. All right, we're going to stop right here. We're going to pick back up on Friday because what's coming next is the reason why Vince McMahon no longer allows blood in the ring in the WWE. It's Sean and Mai's fault. He owns it. He explains it. And you'll hear it on Friday. And in case you're wondering, yes, I rinsed with smart mouth before sitting down for this monumental marathon conversation with my favorite performer of all time, my biggest rival, Shawn Michaels. I can't show up at HBK's ranch in the middle of nowhere, Texas, with bad breath, man. Come on. What kind of uh, couth would I have? What kind of etiquette is that? You don't go to someone's house with bad breath. That's a rule. It's a rule that I'm starting now. Uh, I use Smart Mouth Activated Mouthwash to get rid of the bad breath, get rid of the stinky, winky bad breath, because you don't realize there's a really good chance that your breath stinks. That's not even bad. It stinks. There's nothing worse than when you have your eight-year-old daughter say, Daddy, you've got stinky breath. She don't say that anymore, because now I use Smart Mouth Activated Mouthwash, and it can help you too. It blocks bad breath for a full 12 hours, so you're never caught with less than fresh breath, and get this Smart Mouth can even prevent morning breath when you rinse at night just in case you're waking up next to someone and you want to get a little hibbity-dibbity you gotta have clean breath man right and if you're gonna get up and, and go to the bathroom and, and, and gargle it kind of kills the vibe you want to wake up with that fresh minty taste smart mouth can do that for you it can go all day and all night it's the Ric Flair of mouthwashes you just mix the two solutions together then you rinse twice a day to activate powerful bad breath blockers it's the secret to the longest lasting fresh breath don't get breath blocked get smart mouth and get fresh with 12 hours of fresh clean breath you find the smart mouth activated mouthwash in the shiny green box at cvs pharmacy or anywhere you shop or smartmouth.com and go do it now and feel confident and good about yourself and good about your breath all right if you were here right now you'd witness my fresh breath firsthand okay pretend you get smell of vision in your house here you go How's it smell? <sighs> right? Minty fresh, like a cool winter's day. That's because of Smart Mouth Activated Mouthwash. All right? Are you proofs in the pudding? Are you convinced? Are you also convinced that Shawn Michaels Part 2 with the Heartbreak Kid coming up on Friday is going to be an amazing show, just like Part 1 is? You're darn right it's going to be. Part 2, we're going to discuss the angle we did in 2008 where I accidentally punched his wife, Rebecca. We're going to talk about WrestleMania 19 where we stole the show and had the best match on that night. The evolution of the HBK character and what made him so popular back then and still 
still to this day. Plus, we'll talk about Sean's new book, Wrestling for My Life, The Legend, The Reality, and The Faith of a WWE Superstar. It just dropped today. It's a great read. You gotta go check it out. You also gotta come check out the Cinderblock Party World Tour 2015, Fozzie and the Dirty Youth. It's coming up, going to Europe. If you live overseas, you have got to come check this out. It's the show that Beyond Magazine said is the best live gig we've ever seen. That is a true story. March 4th, it starts in Belfast. 5, Cork. 6, Dublin. 7, Nottingham. 8, Wolverhampton. 9, Manchester. 10, Glasgow. 11, London. 12, Bristol. 13, Exeter. 14, Southampton. 15, Brighton. Head over to Paris on March 17th. Go over to Switzerland. Pratel on the 18th. 19, Munich. 20, Mannheim. 21, Bochum, Germany. Get all information, tickets to the shows, and the greatest VIP experience you will ever have at FozzyRock.com. Do not miss out. You are going to regret it if you do. And thank you one last time for doing all your shopping through my Amazon links. I appreciate it. Easiest way to support the show so I can keep doing it for you for free. You know how to find the Amazon links. I say it over and over again. Uh, PodcastOne.com. You click on the Keeper Podcast free banner at the top of the page. Uwagey. Then you click on Talk is Jericho. You see all three of the Amazon links in the UK, the USA, the Canada A. Every time you do that, Amazon helps out this show. No extra fees, no hidden charges. We're just getting your shopping done, helping me out in the process and keeping this show alive. All right, another great episode. We'll be back on Friday, but in the meantime and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs. Part two with HBK coming up on Friday, and you're not going to believe what we're going to be talking about. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com.